This is the Ordinary Christian Podcast, a podcast dedicated to real people like you seeking to live out your Christian faith in the ordinary aspects of everyday life. My name is Craig Thompson, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm a husband, father, pastor, and writer. I hope that this podcast will help you to use the margins of your everyday life to live more intentionally for Jesus. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Dr. Tony Beam. Uh, Dr. Tony Beam is the Senior Director of Church and Community Engagement and Public Affairs at North Greenville University. He's also the Director of Public Policy for the South Carolina Baptist Convention. More importantly, he's been married to his wife, Denise, for 40 years. They have three children and seven grandchildren. Uh, Tony also does several other things, and I'll let him explain that to you through the course of the podcast today. On the side, he finds time to uh, serve as interim pastor in churches here around the state of South Carolina, as well as do a few other things. Uh, Dr. Tony Bean, thank you so much for being with me here today on the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Yes, sir. Now, in addition to all the other things, did I get them, did I get them right? Are those all the things that you do? Yeah, that was great. That was, uh, in fact, I... I need you to send this to my wife just to remind her how blessed she is that she's married to me. So. Well, you know, my wife still won't call me doctor. I've had my doctorate for a number of years now. Not one single time have those words crossed her lips. I, I think she called me doctor for a week. I think I got a week and that was about it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, Hey honey, for my graduation, all I want is for you just to say it. She said, I won't do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I did. I, I will admit I'm not Amy Coney Barrett level. You can see I'm holding up my notebook and it's got all the notes written down because I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't have remembered all that. Uh, so, uh, Tony, you're you're not only all those other things. You also host a, a daily radio show in the Upstate. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. And um, so, a lot a lot of my listeners, some of them are in the Upstate of South Carolina, others aren't. How how might they be able to access that as well? Well, it's kind of funny. I, I've actually been doing that for 20 years. I, I couldn't believe it. I I looked around one day and I went, wow. 20 years have gone by. Um, I did it by myself for most of those years. But when I hit 60, um, about three years ago, I decided, you know, I need a younger voice speaking into this whole thing. Somebody I can talk to, somebody that can talk to me and help me understand millennials and, and better than I can by myself. So Hannah Miller uh, was one of my students, and she's also the daughter of a lifelong friend of ours, and she served as an assistant to me at North Greenville for a while. So I invited her to take the microphone and join me. So it's been Christian Worldview with Tony and Hannah for the last three years. Um, it is, we have a podcast by the same name, Christian Worldview with Tony and Hannah. You can find it anywhere you look for podcast, um, And it's on Monday through Friday from seven o'clock in the morning till nine o'clock in the morning live on 91.9 and 92.9 FM in the upstate of South Carolina. Um, it's on His Radio Talk. If you go to hisradiotalk.com, it's streaming live. And then we do live Facebook. It's on Facebook every morning. You can find it, Christian Worldview with Tony and Hannah, and you'll see us there in the studio doing the show. So the podcast is without commercials. So it breaks it up into hour one, hour two. Um, it makes it easy to listen to. Awesome. And, uh, and it's, it's appropriate that you'd say that. That's, that's the reason I've asked you to come on here today. Talk to us a little bit about Christian Worldview. So for uh, those of you who have been listening to uh, my podcast now for a while, it's great to finally have an expert on, right? We've, we've got somebody that can help us with this. But uh, um, I, I just want to kind of begin with just some elementary 
concepts there. Um, talk to us a little bit, if you would, um, about what what is a Christian worldview. You, you're doing a whole daily radio show about that. How would you define Christian worldview for uh, those listeners we have with us today? Well, they're all kind of academic explanations and definitions, and I've taught those in the classroom before. But I think the simplest came from the late Chuck Colson, who simply said that a Christian worldview is the lens by which you view the world. In other words, um, all of your experiences, all of your life, your relationships, and we want to say, and, and hopefully and prayerfully, the Word of God, um, as it comes into us, we form opinions about the world. And as we look at the world, we need to make sure that the filter that we use is biblical. I've kind of changed over a little bit the last few years. Instead of calling it a Christian worldview, um, we haven't changed the name of the show, but I like to use the phrase biblical worldview because there's a lot of debate within Christendom sometimes about issues that really shouldn't be debated because they're settled if you go to the Bible. So a biblical worldview would be what you portray to the world, how you see the world. When you see a situation in your life that comes before you, you look at it through the lens of scripture and make a decision about how to live based on the Bible, based on your biblical worldview. Decisions are made not arbitrarily or based on uh, what's popular at the moment or what you think the culture will approve of, but you make decisions based on the knowledge of God's word that you have, it's applying that knowledge to the world that you live in. And I, th I think that's a, that's, that's a really good point. We, when you talk about a biblical worldview, this is one of the reasons why we get into using often specific language. You and I as, as Southern Baptists and South Carolina Baptists often speak of ourselves, not only as Christians, but as evangelicals, because we're doing everything we can to sort of um, help the world understand that there is a significant difference, at least in our efforts to understand and interpret the scripture from, from where we are in a conservative perspective and a conservative biblical understanding, as opposed to where maybe a, a, a liberal Episcopalian might be in, in, uh, in along that, that same um, line that we might call of Christianity. I, I run back to um, uh, Machen's book, you know, Christianity and liberalism. And, and unfortunately we, we, we no longer identify these two uh, differing religions. I mean, we, it all kind of falls in our culture under the idea of the umbrella of Christianity. But 100 years ago, Jay Gresham Machen helped us to understand very well that what is often termed liberal Christianity, what today might be termed postmodern Christianity or emergent Christianity is often not Christianity at all. Uh, it, it carries the name Christian, but it, it has lost all of its moorings to the scriptures itself. And so I think that's really wise for us. I like to tell people that within a biblical worldview, uh, you can think of yourself as being inside a, a pasture um, surrounded by a fence. And there's a lot of room to move around inside the fence where we can debate things that, that fall within the fence. But there are some things that if you start to embrace, you've jumped the fence. And once you jump the fence, you're no longer contained within what we would call orthodox evangelical or a biblical Christianity. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I, I'm so grateful just that, that, that clinging to the biblical worldview. Um, and it's been interesting to me. We've never seen sort of a, the jump to claiming an evangelical worldview. We Christian and then biblical worldview, but to evangelical has become more of a politicized term. Um, right. in, in our culture, it's more of a voting block, at least if we, pay too much attention to the news. 
as opposed to sort of a, a clinging to what God's word says. Um, Tony, I, I like that idea of the fence. That's really good. How do we develop a Christian worldview? Biblical well, worldview. There's only, well, I was going to say there's only one way. Um, the study of God's word on a disciple making level is necessary to have a biblical worldview. If you're going to judge and make decisions based on the Bible, then you have to know what the Bible says on a wide range of subjects. You can't proof text or memorize a few verses that maybe uh, have stayed with you from Bible, uh, Bible school, Sunday school, or vacation Bible school, and, and think that that's going to carry you through the broader cultural discussions that we're having today. Uh, you have to have a deep knowledge of God's Word. Now, one thing that I really encourage, I mean, I, I encourage people to spend time every day personally with God's Word, praying, seeking, studying, find some good sources that you trust, um, uh, men and, and, and women who are uh, orthodox, deep thinkers, that are not on the fringes that um, are, can pour some truth into you. And then I would recommend that you find some people that you really like in terms of their preaching or their teaching and dive into podcasts and audiobooks. I mean, not only read the Bible, but read books by people you trust that sort of uh, form as an exposition on what the scripture has to say to help give you a deeper understanding. I've, I've really gotten to the point, I love music. I mean, I just love music. And I, I used to listen to music every time I would get in the car and was going on a trip, you know, I'm 70s on seven or something like that with XM radio. But I've really replaced that with quality podcasts or preachers or teachers that pour into me and make me better. Um, I, I mean, one name I think of, Matt Chandler, uh, I listen to Matt Chandler's messages. I find him to be focused biblically um, on, on, on scripture, and, and he helps me and encourages me and teaches me more about the Bible. Um, and, and there are others. I won't go into a long list, but I think the point being this, in order to have a biblical worldview, you have to be a student of the Bible. You have to be serious about um, your knowledge of the Bible, and you have to be constantly finding ways to, to support your understanding of scripture with good commentary and preaching that, that you can bring into your life on a rather systematic basis. Um, you didn't uh, hit on this too much, and it was kind of understood, but um, you know, one of the things that for me is so important in developing that biblical worldview is the local church. Oh, you know? absolutely. Not, yeah, not, yeah. not just the, you know, the, the, the podcast experience, but the, the, the desire, the effort to, to have the, the life on life with other believers who are going to hold you accountable. Um, well, and let me thank you for mentioning that because I should have gone a little bit deeper into that. You're right. Um, no, the local church experience being uh, under the preaching, teaching leadership of a, of a pastor, of others who teach the Bible in relation to your local place of accountability. That's where believers, the local body is where believers are developed primarily um, in, in with, the, with Bible study. And, and like you said, living life with other believers is incredibly important. One thing that I think COVID has taught us is that virtual church is not, a, is not an answer. Uh, it may be a stop. Virtually gap. no good, right? 
it's virtually, yeah. I mean, it, it may be a stopgap, and it's a poor one, quite frankly, at that, because um, I'm actually going to begin a series of messages at Brushy Creek, because we, we have some people, I'll be honest, um, Brushy Creek's a larger church, and I'd, I've said this to them, so I'm not speaking out of school, but there are some people, I believe, that have gotten uh, somewhat enamored with what I call pajama church. Um, it's kind of easy to flip that um, webcam or internet on and watch uh, a worship service and feel like you can even sing along and, and take notes in the message. But engaging with other people, living life with other people, as you put it, which is extremely important. Uh, and and, and the, the messages I'm going to preach at Brushy Creek to begin, we're calling it Come Home to the Creek. And what we're saying is, particularly during the Christmas season, we need to be aware that in order for our salvation to be affected, God sent his son physically into the world. There is a physical person who walked the earth for 33 years that interacted with people. And those relationships are critical to the life of a believer. And so to lose them is to not be able to have a fully developed biblical or Christian worldview. You're exactly right. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just be honest, like we talked to you and I talked a little bit off air about our experience during COVID, you know, here, here at Malvern Hill, um, we're, we're an outlier right now, just to be totally honest, even though we're in Camden, which is the community that was really first and, and most heavily impacted early on by COVID in our state. Um, you know, so we shut down before everybody else did about a week and a half before you guys did. And, and we were, we were shut for four weeks. It was just internet church for four weeks. And then, uh, we began outdoor worship service. Um, and, and, and all honesty, we've continued that we right now, we are outside, inside and online. Uh, so I'm, I'm preaching in the parking lot as long as the weather's good. We live stream, live feed into the sanctuary. And then of course we've got the internet feed, which has been great for, especially our senior adults, those homebound folks that just really can't be out. Absolutely. Um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, when we talk about the, the importance of the local church and relationships and building that biblical worldview, uh, the people that we, we haven't lost are the people that were engaged and plugged in in life groups. And, and for us, our, our life group engagement represents about 80% of our morning worship pre-COVID, and which means that right now we're running about 80% of our numbers pre-COVID as a result of that engagement um, because they're, they're accountable to a group of folks, um, and, and that, that accountability carries over beyond just um, you know having a good time. They're accountable to show up, and, and they're part of a, of a community there, so that's right. been really beneficial for us. Yes. Um, and, 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 and I, you know, thinking about, I, I talked about, I told you before we began, my son out in California, one of the things he was in Kentucky, my son, by the way, works for the Associated Press. He was in Kentucky for five years and he was incredibly involved and invested in Buck Run Baptist Church yeah. in Frankfurt. I mean, just an incredible yeah. disciple making church. He was a deacon. He had a men's group. He was, well, since he's been in California, it's been a real struggle to find a church that has small group type ministry. He just now, and he's been out there two years, he's just now plugged in to a small group of men. And I've been praying for that for him, that God would open a door for him to, because here's the thing about a worldview, worldview development, biblical worldview development. Somebody has to pour into you and you have to pour into somebody else. Because if you don't have a flow of information that is pretty consistent, there, there's there's so much uh, opportunity for stagnation. So you need that. That's the reason we need each other. Is that we're we're helping each other, encouraging each other, praying for each other, and teaching each other 
through our life experiences how to apply God's word. And, and you know, I, I, I brought up the local church a minute ago. You had mentioned discipleship as the most important thing, and that's um, I, too too many of our churches have become a worship experience. We'll just take a moment and take a <laughs> you and I'll take just a, a left turn for a minute. So m- many of our churches have become a worship experience, devoid of intentional discipleship. Um, and, and it's not only big churches, right? It, it used to be only really large churches. That's not the case anymore. There, there are many, many smaller churches that have really just walked away from any intentional discipleship, small groups, Sunday school, whatever you want, whatever you want to use. Um, you know, we, we looked around our situation here about a decade ago now, and, and we recognized that we, we had people that were showing up, but people weren't growing. They weren't growing biblically. We weren't able to reproduce our small groups because there was no intentional um, engagement with the word. People were, were taking a Sunday school quarterly, but that's all they had. And we jettisoned most of that. And what our, our, our discipleship is completely sermon driven now. And what that enables our people to do is to take a sermon on a Sunday morning to then chew on it all week, discuss it at home, come back into their life groups, actually be engaged enough to, to, to wrestle with that text. So our people are wrestling with less text than they did before, but our hope and our goal is that they're actually internalizing more of that so that we're shaping that worldview, you know, not, no longer being conformed to the ways that we're being transformed by the new of the mind, as Paul said there in Romans 12. Um, right. And so that's, that's been, that's been really wonderful for us. And, and like I said, I, I believed that we were right a long time ago, uh, about three years after we started this, I was at North Greenville, actually, our teenagers asked me to go with them every year when they go to a uh, fuge up there. And, and as long as they still pretend like I'm cool enough to go with them, I've committed to keep going. So um, as long as my youth pastor's in charge and all I have to do is show up and have fun with the kids, man, I'm great with that. Yeah. But um, I, had, I had a sixth grader who had listened to the the, the message on, and, and we were in our, our small group with them that night and a sixth grader, she looked at me and she said, well, well Pastor Gray, it's just like you preached three weeks ago. And that's when I, whoa, we're doing something right. If I got a kid that can remember something three weeks ago, then they're internalizing those things. Yes. Um, and it's because we've been, we've been leveraging that. But then COVID has, has again shown me those people that are plugged into our life groups are, are still here. We didn't lose them. And as a matter of fact, when we reintroduced life groups about eight weeks ago, Tony, I couldn't believe what happened, right? I could not believe because we had um, 90 to 90 or 95% of our pre COVID life group numbers returned on the first day. Um, well, and, and I, that's spiritual maturity. It, it's a, it's a hunger. You know, we, we gravitate toward the things that we're hungry for. Uh, we do that physically. We do that in every area of our life. The things that drive us, that grab our attention, that become key and important to us, we will cling to. And so the fact that you were building disciples, not bringing worshipers in for an experience, but building disciples for life, that's a, that's a, that's a mark of spiritual maturity. And it, and it also reveals the hunger that's been created in them by the word of God. God's word will create hunger. And third, if you will just simply go to it, the barrier, if you look at where Satan comes against people with God's word, it's to pick it up and read it to begin with. Because once you cross that barrier, the word itself, if you're a believer, is going to draw you into a deeper and deeper walk. You can't avoid it. Yeah. 
Hey, just just side note, then I'll, I'll walk away from Malvern Hill. And, and for anybody that's listening, look, I painted this picture that makes us like a perfect church. I'm the pastor, so I can assure you it's no perfect church here. Uh, that's what he said before the broadcast. I don't well, understand. That's true. I was telling him how great I was. But yeah, uh, that's uh, hey, hey, but 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 along that same line, beginning in January, we're we as a church are going to start in Genesis and we're going to go all the way through Revelation and it's not just going to be a reading plan. It's going to be a preaching plan. I'm going to preach from Genesis to Revelation. Our life groups are going to study from Genesis to Revelation. Wow. Uh, we're going to call it the whole story. Uh, and, and, you know, some of our encouragement is going to be, Hey, do it this year, actually finish. You know, a lot of you started, uh, but it's, it's because of our belief that, you know, that old Luther quote, whether he actually said it or not, I don't know, but it takes a whole Bible to make a whole Christian, um, you know, our, our belief that if we will expose our people consistently to the word of God, that it's going to actually have an impact and a shape. Um, and that, that, that brings me to a, a word that I jotted down as you were talking a minute ago. Much of a Christian worldview involves the, the discipline of spiritual discernment. Yes. Right. Well, and yeah, it does. And spiritual discernment, again, this is a circle. Uh, we go back. Spiritual discernment is not possible without um, spiritual knowledge, knowledge of God's word to have the, the wisdom to know how to apply. Wisdom is the knowledge we get from God's word. We, we get information. Wisdom is the Holy Spirit taking the knowledge that we have and helping us to apply it every day to everyday situations. And that's discernment. And it takes both. You can't wing it. You can't say, well, I'm a Christian. I have the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'll throw a little Bible in when it's necessary. No, the Holy Spirit's going to work with what he's got. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for the remainder of my conversation with Dr. Tony Bean. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Ordinary Christian Podcast. I hope that you will use the information in this podcast to encourage you to love Jesus in the ordinary aspects of your daily life. Jesus surrounded himself with very ordinary people who made a difference in the world because of their Savior. You can make a difference too. If you would like to read more of my writings or find other podcasts, you can find information about me on my website at www.craigthompson.org. For information about Malvern Hill Baptist Church and sermons from our church, you can go to our website at www.malvernhill.org. Until next time, use the ordinary margins of your life to make an extraordinary difference in the world around you.